0: section twenty nine of sikh religion volume four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org sikh religion volume four by max arthur Macaulay. life of guru har rai chapter four we now return to the story of the girl who guarded the Badra field and whom Bogtu so unceremoniously wedded she went and told her father that an eccentric old man had pretended to marry her and she described all the strange proceeding at the same time she vowed she would consider him her husband and marry no one else her father inquired who the strange bridegroom was and soon learned that it was no other than the saint Bhakti father and daughter took no further action at the time she remained in her father's house and continued to work in his fields it became known in due time that bhagtu was dead and that he had left two sons gara and jawan by a former wife gara the elder soon became the Raja of batinda to him the girl's father addressed himself with a view to procure her suitable maintenance gara sent for her received her with the greatest respect and treated her as his own mother gara visited the guru when he was at nathana during his stay jasa the guru's chari bearer said to him marry me to thy second mother bhakti's virgin widow who is now in thy house my wife is dead i am a widower and the marriage of a widower and widow would be very suitable gara felt insulted at the proposal and bided his opportunity to take revenge he found it one day while they were both hunting with the guru the guru had advanced in front of the party when gara drew his sword and killed jasa when the guru heard of it he forbade gara to enter his presence after this the guru returned from nathana to karatpur wherever he went he was followed by gara who hoped to find an opportunity of soliciting his pardon and a retraction of his curse when the guru arrived at karatpur gara encamped a mile distant for six months the guru remained in karatpur and was ever shadowed by gara when the guru again proceeded to malwa gara followed him as the guru was proceeding along the Satluj, he met some Mohammedan troops who were marching from lahore to dihli one of the officers inquired the name of the party and was informed that it was guru harai and his bodyguard the officer was already aware that it was the guru's grandfather guru har gobind who had killed his grandfather general muklas khan at amritsar and he determined on taking life for life while the officer was thus inquiring and cogitating the guru passed on the officer then waylaid the guru's wives who were following and attempted violence now came gauras opportunity to perform signal service for the guru with the object of obtaining his pardon the guru had been forbidden by his grandfather guru har gobind to engage in warfare but Gaura might fight for him and defend his family Gaura had his own troops they set on the mussulmans and fought valiantly until night closed the combat the mussulmans escaped under cover of the darkness and the guru's wives succeeded in escaping their brutality when the guru heard of Gaura's gallantry he at once sent for him Gaura was not allowed time to wash his face and hands but was ushered stained with blood into the guru's presence the guru learned from him the events of the battle and pardoned him after this Gaura was glad to return to his own territory the guru then marched to kartarpur and discontinued his projected tour to malwa a brahman of kartarpur had obtained a son as the result of a vow that he would make him a tithe paying sikh of the guru the child however died during the guru's stay the brahman took the corpse with loud lamentations to the guru's door and there sat down beside it he said if my son revive not i will die myself the guru remonstrated with him on his dissatisfaction with the will of god the boy's life was complete when the oil is at an end how can the lamp burn guru nanak hath said if a boy die amid his youthful sports people will weep and say he was a merry boy he who gave him took him the weeper ureth what can be done if he die in the ripeness of youth there is this difference his friends and relations will mournfully speak of him as theirs accursed in the world are they who weep for the loss of worldly things o brahman it would have been worse had the boy died after marriage thou wouldst suffer misery from continually seeing his widow in thy house the world is as the guru hath said a chamber of lamp black and thy son hath died before becoming defiled with it however much the guru preached the brahman only learned one lesson namely that he himself should die the sikhs took compassion and interceded with the guru for him cherisher of the poor thou art potent to break and to mend the brahman hath now for a day and night lain prostrate at thy door hungry and poor he too will die in thy presence the masands also went and pleaded for the brahman Great King, if this child revive not, people of other creeds will make various remarks to our discredit. The Guru replied, "Is there any among you who now make these representations sufficiently philanthropic to bestow his own life on the Brahman's son?" On hearing this, the necks of the hearers sank into their bodies. The Guru put the question three times, but received no reply. Within less than half an hour, Jawan, by Baktu's younger son, drawing a winding sheet over him said o divine guru nanak i will take this boy's death on myself and give my life to him saying this he whose name was life jawan entered eternal life and the brahman's son arose repeating the spell of the true name while the people were wondering the guru said blessed is that sikh who for the sake of another's life hath not spared his own when the bhairaars the tribe to whom jawan belonged heard of his self-sacrifice they hasten to appear before the guru to express their displeasure great king jawan was only eighteen years of age and had but recently brought home his bride she is pregnant and who will cherish her now he hath but just entered the fair and this is his fate the guru said a son shall be born in his house whom you shall call saint das his offspring shall greatly increase and people many villages it may be mentioned that his descendants now occupy a tract in the by Raspur district, called Chak Bai. After this, the Guru returned to Karatpur. The Emperor Shah Jahan kept near him his eldest son Dara Shikoh, whom he loved. His second son Shuja Muhammad, he made governor of Bengal. Aurangzeb, the third, was appointed governor of the Deccan, and Murad Baksh, the fourth, received the province of Gujarat their ambition however was not satisfied they each sought to become emperors and for this purpose amassed wealth and armies in their respective provinces in doing so they practiced great oppression they used to make the rajput rajas stand with clasped hands in front of them and bring their daughters to them for their enjoyment this was a stigma attached to the hindus like the spot on the moon the rajput princes had to obey in everything or they would have had to don the poisoned skins of tigers and die when shah jahan had reigned for many years he contracted the germs of disease and showed no signs of recovery no one but dara Shikoh was allowed to approach him a rumor then spread that his majesty was dead and this afforded a good opportunity to thieves and highway robbers to exercise their self-elected calling there was general confusion far and near an evil fate fell on the community dara Shikoh intercepted letters and petitions to his father and passed on them such orders as he thought expedient people were afraid to go outside their houses no complaints were listened to the emperor's sons became rebels and assumed sovereignty in their own provinces in every village men's minds were unsettled like a boat in a whirlpool it was ascertained that shuja muhammad had arrived at banaras from patna when dara shikoh heard of his movements he sent for raja jai singh and ordered him to march against him jai singh proceeded with all haste towards banaras he halted at bahadurpur and shuja muhammad went forth to give him battle shuja muhammad's troops were defeated with great slaughter and he returned to bengal pursued by raja jai singh the latter restored tranquillity in the districts of patna and Mangar and dried the weeping eyes of the populace dara Shikoh dispatched raja jaswant singh of jodhpur to preserve order in the dakhan he gave him special instructions to punish aurangzeb if he strove to make himself independent and bring in chains murad baksh who had shown a disposition to usurp sovereignty jaswant singh having received command of a large army proceeded on his expedition before his arrival in the dakan aurangzeb and murad had united their armies Jaswant singh's men fought valiantly but could not succeed against numbers and were obliged to retire aurangzeb was enraged that dara shikoh should have sent an army against him and he at once prepared to retaliate and if possible seize the reins of empire Prior to the departure of jaswant singh to the dakhan shah Jahan and his son dara shikoh had resided in agra during jaswant singh's absence they removed to dihli for the benefit of shah Jahan's health the climate of agra not being suitable for him after jaswant singh's defeat dara shikoh put his father under restraint and then made preparations to oppose aurangzeb's progress the emperor cautioned dara shikoh to beware of aurangzeb who was deceitful and vindictive but the warning was of no avail dara shikoh proceeded with great pomp and rejoicing to oppose aurangzeb he pitched his camp at saint mugar near the margin of the river chambal and there awaited his brother's approach aurangzeb soon appeared at the head of his own and murad's armies and there ensued a determined battle aurangzeb succeeded in capturing several of dara shikoh's nobles dara shikoh himself fled from the field and only halted in Dili, where he entrenched himself in the fort. Aurangzeb proceeded to Agra to seize his father, who by this time had returned there. The old man was very ill, and in this condition was imprisoned by his undutiful son. Aurangzeb also imprisoned his brother Murad Baksh, though he had assisted him to vanquish Dara Shikoh. He then proceeded to Dili with his own and Murad's armies and Dara Shikoh's fugitive battalions shikoh fearing that the dihli nobles would assist his brother and that he himself would be captured directed his steps to the panjab taking with him his faithful adherents and all his wealth and valuables aurangzeb then issued a proclamation that no one should assist or receive shikoh on pain of his highest displeasure the result was that shikoh wandered in exile from town to town and village to village in this extremity he decided on visiting the guru who had sent him the healing cloves and mirobalans? He was in the first place grateful to the guru, and in the second place, his favorite priest Mian Mir had been loud in the guru's praises. Dara Shikoh dispatched the following letter to the guru: "O saint of the world, supremely pious, by meeting whom God's light shineth on man, pure image of God. It is through thy favor man obtaineth salvation. My heart longeth to behold God." But only those to whom thou showest favour can do so i desire to meet thee and by the fulfilment of this wish to remove my doubts if i may fall at thy feet the wish of my heart will be fulfilled but the duties of empire leave me no leisure and entangle me like a fish in a net my priest Mir hath praised thee and since then i have desired to meet thee regard me with a look of affection the emperor forced empire on me but i told him my heart desired not greatness I was, however, obliged to obey my royal father's mandate. Mercifully assist me to this letter. The guru replied, "O Prince, thou art the object of God's grace, since the holy saint Mian Mir showeth thee favour in the desire to tread in God's way and know thyself. Thou hast obtained spiritual empire. Arangzeb, who is unmindful of God, may obtain worldly empire, but shall suffer without respite in hell-fire. Fear not, be confident, salvation shall be thy portion." thou rulest over the eternal sovereignty of religion which will last for ever great is thy good fortune since thou lovest God's name and hast met him who is unequalled and indescribable ever blessed is thy devotion wherefore be happy that thou hast obtained thy salvation this world is a play and transient in its nature be not enamoured therewith dara shikoh proceeded to karatpur in the hope of obtaining the Guru's assistance but found him absent the prince then sent him a second letter which reached him in kadur the result was that the guru and the prince had an interview on the right bank of the bias on this occasion the prince made large offerings to the guru the prince had been a diligent student of the hindu and Mohammedan religions and had adopted opinions which belonged to the enlightened era of akbar he put the guru some questions and placed before him some of his theological doubts and difficulties the guru complimented him on his spiritual knowledge and then gave him instruction in the sikh religion such instruction as has often been repeated in the preceding pages the guru added it is often the duty of kings to take arms and engage in battle and either die themselves or kill their enemies for the acquisition of wealth and territory wherefore collect an army and obtain as many allies as possible go to lahore fortify thy position fight when necessary and obtain victory god assisteth those who assist themselves once thou inflictest defeat on aurangzeb thou shalt have many rajas for thine allies they now know thine excellent disposition and will declare themselves on thy side when they are convinced that their action is safe thou hast now no resource but the arbitrament of battle all the kings of india are subject to the emperor who ruleth in Delhi. and if thou recapture it not thou shalt have no abiding place for the master of that city shall be master of india therefore thou must struggle to collect troops for battle and prevent the establishment of Aurangzeb's authority dara shikoh on receiving this encouragement asked the guru to grant him faith in god and said i do not require a fleeting temporal empire I merely desire spiritual perfection i will fight when compelled by my enemies to do so and endeavour to obtain victory what god desireth is unalterable the guru and the prince retired to their respective tents for the night and next morning the prince was informed that aurangzeb's army was pursuing him he then departed for lahore requesting the guru to impede its progress as much as possible dara Shikoh was pursued with great vengeance and hostility by his brother's army to lahore multan bakar and Gujarat in the present bombay presidency he was finally captured through the infamous agency of a pathan named jawan who betrayed him he was sent to dili where his political conduct and his heterodox opinions were charged as offences against him in the hope of softening his brother's heart he addressed him the following letter my brother and my emperor all hail i congratulate thee and thy children on the empire thou hast attained I have no worldly desires myself. I only want a nook to dwell in and a female servant to cook and fetch for me, so that I may pray for thee. Entreaties never availed with Aurangzeb. Dara Shikoh was condemned by a jury of Mohammedan priests and executed on the plea of apostasy by his brother's orders. The Guru's words had made such an impression on his heart that he never uttered a sigh of pain or distress in his last moments. It is said that three hundred and seventy Mohammedan priests signed the order for his death. One man named sarmad resolutely refused to sign it and thus incurred Aurangzeb's gravest displeasure End of chapter four.